The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning, everybody. You are listening to Raising the Bar. Thanks for listening in today. My name is Amy Bredo. Today I have two amazing guests that I can't wait to share with you. And uh, we're going to talk about a sensitive subject today. And I think that in one way or another, it affects everybody. And that subject is cancer, unfortunately. It's an ugly word. It's not always the uh, most interesting. Well, it's interesting, but it's not always the most fun thing to talk about. But I want to introduce you to some incredible people that have done some amazing things in spite of that diagnosis and in spite of that uh, dirty word, cancer. And I'm excited to share with you because I think that they are amazing with humor, great intentions, and great ideas. They bring light into a dark situation. So... I wanted to just, again, thank you all for listening to Raising the Bar. And today, I wanted to introduce you to two great people, uh, Joe Kettner and Michelle Domino. And I met these two people um, through uh, a mutual friend, our great friend Haley, who passed away last January 15th from a brain tumor, is what brought us together. Haley was a great girl. She was a best friend to my oldest son. And just through knowing her for the brief time that I did, I saw her amazing spirit of humor, perseverance, and just a no-quit attitude um, really shine through. And it taught me so much. And I'm grateful for that relationship for so many reasons. And, and one of them is um, meeting the two of you. Now, Joe, I know you and I didn't really have a chance to um, develop kind of any hilarious relationship. Like I feel I've had great laughs with Michelle so far, but I'm, I'm excited to get to know you more today, hear a lot about you and um, that grow f- from there. And Michelle and I have had uh, some great connection through some other events as well. So Joe, you know, Cancer Kiss My Cooley is the name of your organization. And I love that because it is, you know, that good kiss my tail kind of feeling, but it's funny. And I oh. like how, how you add humor to that. So I know that you developed it through your own tragedy. So I would love for you to just introduce yourself a bit. And then I wanted to talk about how you knew Michelle kind of before we get into the organization. Sure. Thanks for having me, Amy. Really appreciate it. And looking, looking forward to many more conversations with you. So thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so Cancer Kiss My Cooey, I think it grabs people right off the bat, right? <laughs> what is that? And why am I saying that? Um, so, uh, you know, this journey um, started way back 
in February of 2009 when our eldest son, Carter Kettner, was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. And not only was it inoperable, but it was malignant. And um, we basically were provided with months to a year that we would be able to keep our son. Okay. So uh, through this long journey, um, you know, our son was put through um, more than any, any individual I've ever known up until, uh, you know, recently since we started the, uh, the organization. But, you know, when you say cancer touches us uh, all some way, um, we never want it and wish it and, and pray that, you know, we all have healthy children. So um, you can imagine that, you know, when we found out this news, not only did he have cancer, but we are going to lose him just right. because that's, that is a statistic um, that broke us. And through this, this breakage, we were able to find so many lights and so many wonderful, um, uh, wonderful people and wonderful opportunities that were presented to us. And our son deserved every single one of them. <laughs> and, sure. and then some, because he was a special boy before cancer and it, it never defined him. And my son had this, this humor and this soul on him that uh, through his like, thoughtfulness and appreciation, he um, was a very, very special boy and wanted to make sure others were taken care of, even though it may have been his wish or his turn to be picked. He right. was the kid who wanted to let you cut in line because he wanted you to go first. Um, so, you know, everybody's child is precious to them, for sure. Um, and, you know, we asked ourselves many times why. And um, that, that's how, um, that's how our, our day started in, in February 2009. Yeah, that, nobody wants to hear that. And it's, it's actually a hard piece of information to respond to, as I'm sure it is to digest for you as the parent. And when you, I want to back up just a little bit, when you talk about the important people and the special people that uh, linked arms with you, with your wife, who is your wife's name is Cinnamon, correct? It is. She's the spice of my life. That, yeah, okay. I'm so glad you made a joke because I was like, do you call her spicy? I love it. Um, I love it. It adds some humor. But one of those special people also that linked arms with you throughout this journey was Michelle Domino. And now, Michelle, I'm going to goof on you just a little bit. I know you said you met the Kettners through your boyfriend at the time and that you were actually staying with them. So um, do you normally, are you a squatter? Are you? <laughs> I was just curious. I'm just teasing, but I was just curious. I was curious how that came to play. And we've had tons of friends at different points in their and tons, it's actually true, you know, come and stay with us. So I love that you were there in the exact moments that you needed to be. And I, and I love how you talk about how Carter really changed your life in, in the way you look at things. And Joe, he does sound, he's an amazing kid. And because his spirit still lives on, I'm going to say he's, he's an amazing kid still in, in present tense. So Michelle, I would love to hear um, your side and your connection with the family. 
Sure. Thank you. So sure. uh, for starters, yeah, Carter was so unique. It, it was just such a unique kid. And um, I do have a couple of stories about icebreakers and, and jokes that he would tell and things throughout uh, the time while he was sick. But um, to answer your question, how I met the Kettners, I, my now husband, Brian, I was but it's still the same fairly, <laughs> I was, yeah, exactly. I was fairly newly dating him at the time. And I um, do not have any family in Illinois. I only have friends and um, it was kind of a unique situation. I was selling one house and was building another house, which wasn't going to be done for about three months. And I had just planned on living in one of those hotels, those longer stay hotel type things, because I really didn't have friends located in, in a convenient place for me to commute. And I also had a very rambunctious, two-year-old, oh, not even two-year-old, I think she was one at the time, dog who um, stole Joe's sandwich one time that he was super proud of. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want to impose on anyone. I didn't want to ask anyone if they could take me and my dog in. So I was just going to do an extended stay hotel. And I still don't know whether Joe and Cinnamon are such generous, kind, just amazing people. And I don't know if they offered or if Brian asked. I'm still uncertain about that. But it ended up that I was going to stay with them for that three months. And, you know, I was very, very anxious about the dog. And I remember Joe saying to me, let's just try it for the weekend. Let's just see how it goes. (laughs) And then we can decide from there. Well, by Sunday night, Carter was going to school, Monday morning, was going to school, telling everybody that I have a dog now and his name is Abby. So Joe at that point said, well, you can't leave and neither can Abby. So so we stayed and, you know, I I tried, uh, you know, really hard to bond with Carter, but it was so easy because he's just an amazing little guy. And, And actually, this was before he became sick. So this was when he was two, turning three. And, oh, okay. Um, he so he was, was he was diagnosed at five. So, um, yeah. So this was prior to, but we bonded. And I remember a couple times after going over there, we were go- we were going to a wedding, and I was riding with Joe and Cinnamon to the wedding. And I walked in, and of course didn't have Abby with me. And Carter just looked over at me and go, I go, hi Carter, come give Auntie Michelle a hug. And he just looked at me with this look that I'll never forget, and goes, Where's Abby? <laughs> he, was, he was so mad that I didn't have her with. And so I, you know, explained that she had to stay home and, and he was just not pleased. So it's really always, <laughs> that just is how I came dog. to live with them. I am not a squatter. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. And I have to say, when you first told me that was how, you know, you met them or at the beginning of your relationship with them, you were staying there and you had referred to it as the man you were dating. I kept thinking, gosh, I, I hope it's her husband because then the story is going to get really awkward. <laughs> so that's, really that's awkward. great. So now if you take me to um, that night in February, I feel like you had maybe mentioned to me before that there was a snowstorm and Carter wasn't feeling well. And did you all go to the hospital together when you found this out or did you stay back? You know, I know that no news like that is is easy. I can imagine that I would, I think I would personally be in denial or, or freak out. I'm not really sure what I would do first, but as friends, family, you're really family is, is what you are. And I don't think that blood has to necessarily make people family. So now you've become family. You've got this news. And aside from the, sh- the shock of everything, you know, Joe, I read you actually moved your family to be closer to the hospital. Did I read that correctly? We did, yeah. Okay. We did. We we did move from um, Northwest 
the suburbs of Chicago to uh, Memphis, Tennessee, where St. Jude's Children's Hospital is located. And um, uh, that was the best decision for our, for our family and, and for Carter's diagnosis. There was uh, some trials going on there for his specific type of brain tumor. Okay. So um, basically, you know, in, in, in the diagnosis world of, of cancer, you either have a standard of care or you've got something new that you can try. So since, since Carter's diagnosis was very bleak, you know, we chose to, to uproot our family and, and move to Memphis and, and some temporary housing provided by, by the, the hospital, a wonderful organization, and, um, and make that move. And, and, and when you say, like, you know, Michelle and, and friends, what did you guys do? Well, they did everything, you know, and, and they were there when, when we needed them. Mm-hmm. And, and that was very powerful, you know, and, and even more so than some family members, which, right. which was very, very humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people get afraid. And I, and I found that even um, in talking to some other friends, like when Haley was sick, and that's been my most recent experience, so that's why I'm re- referring to her. I know that even for some of the kids her age, being an 18-year-old girl diagnosed, it freaks people out. And it's unfortunate that that's the case sometimes for family as well. But I just uh, want to say, Michelle, I'm even though I wasn't there and I didn't know, I'm so thankful that Joe had somebody like you you and Brian and the other people that you all met at St. Jude's, which is such a wonderful hospital for so many families. And um, in that journey, and I know we have um, probably about four more minutes, how, how was that experience at St. Jude? I know, I know that it's a great organization, but I would love for you to just briefly share how you feel you were received there and how did Carter feel? I know you referred to it as the cookie in his head. And um, I thought that was a really creative way to give – uh, a tangible image to a kid who's who's five years old. So, just wanted to know, um, briefly as possible, which we can pick up after the break. But how did he, how did he feel about that? How did he respond? And um, what was his kind of outlook as a, as a five year old? You know, however yeah. five year old kid can have. Absolutely. So, as any five year old should, um, and as long as their parents um, can um, articulate, like like we've done they trust their parents and you know when a child has your trust um they will believe you and and we were able to sell that i guess for a better word to to understand and and make understand that this is this is the right choice and this is going to be another family that's going to help us out and it's just another chapter in our life and you know, cookie in the head. That's that was a classic one, and that one, yeah. that one stayed with us. And and I was able to, with the staff of of that that hospital, you know, really bring every scientific piece of chemotherapy and radiation down to a kindergartner's level, and really make them uh, see what's going on. It's their bodies. It is, um, you know, it, it, it's, it belongs to them. And I, I was so impressed that, you know, all of these caregivers were so in tune with children and you can see it in their hiring, you know, right. straight from the top doctor all the way down to the janitor. These people were amazing and, and opened up their home, their hospital to us. 
And oh, by the way, you don't pay a dime when you go there. Um, so, you know, that was very powerful. So Carter was very trusting before he was sick mm-hmm. and, um, you know, continued to be trusting. And as long as we were able to articulate, you know, hey, buddy, you're going to become a robot. We're going to put a port inside your chest and the medicine is going to go in there and you're going to be 1% robot. And he thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. And he used to walk around and act like a robot, you know, because he had this robot part in him. So very wonderful hospital, hard transition for anybody to imagine to, right. to move. And, and again, so many people around us made it so easy from logistics to car moves to furniture to, um, you know, additional fundraising so we can have the things that we needed as a family when we were not working. That is amazing. And I, I'm, as we wrap up this segment, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you speak so highly of your experience with that hospital, their staff. I think um, you're paying them a great you know, respect to the fact that they're doing their jobs, and that's awesome. We are going to wrap up this segment. I'm looking forward to the next one. We talk um, a lot more about what you're doing now and some of the other families that you're affecting. You are listening to Raising the Bar. We are talking to Joe Kettner and Michelle Domino from Cancer Kiss My Cooley, and we will be back in a moment. considered expanding your family through adoption but don't know where to start are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start reach out to the community at the echo foundation the echo foundation offers five distinct areas of support for those children in need throughout the world we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond for more information please visit amybrado.com and click on the echo foundation That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You're listening to Raising the Bar. My name is Amy Bredo, and today we are talking with Michelle Domino and Joe Kettner from Cancer Kiss My Cooley. Uh, I keep trying to remember CKMC, but it's too much, so I'm just going to keep saying the full name. Uh, we are talking about the diagnosis of cancer in our children and how it's just an awful spot to be in, but how we can shine light on it for our kids and for other families around us. So, Michelle, I'd like to start with you, if that's okay. You had spoken about how there were so many shining moments of humor and and still that five- to six-year-old silliness in Carter and um, 
funny, you know, I saw that in Haley as well. She would be, I don't know if Carter was like this too, but I know, you know, mm-hmm. in her last, in her last few weeks on when I went to see her, you know, I'd be speaking softly to her mom or just saying, you know, something nice to her. And she would look at me and be like, do you always wear slippers in the wintertime when you go outside? <laughs> you know, like she would find something to just be a normal, razzing teenager. And I and I looked at her and I was like, thank you for that. Because she could take a moment without even knowing, you know, a moment that was so sad and heavy and just make me smile. And when you shared those moments about Carter, it reminded me of that because I wasn't able to meet Carter and I'm, I, I love getting to see his personality through the stories that you both tell. So give me some moments. I know Joe was speaking earlier about how he was, you know, a robot when he got his port and, and, and these different levels and different steps of medication and testing could not have been the most enjoyable things, but it made him a superhero, you know. So maybe share with us some things that just amazed you or just made you shake your head and just, you know, thank God for the light that this kid is shining in my life through this dark time. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't have children. Um, I can be as close as I want to, to my friend's children. And, Mm -hmm. um, but the feeling just isn't the same. So from the outside looking in, you know, when they got this terrible news, um, there's moments in your life that you just never forget, you know, big tragedies, things that happen. And I can't remember what I had, you know, for lunch yesterday, but I can remember, you know, this diagnosis and just being stunned by the news. This was my first experience as an adult of knowing a child, you know, who was diagnosed with cancer. So um, our our instincts just kicked in, like, whatever we can do to help. And, you know, it was just such a sad, hard moment um, for everyone. But I remember just so many moments for Carter, you know, we'd be having, similar to your example, we'd be having a serious conversation and, you know, he would just say something or sing something or tell a joke and everyone would just laugh. He was just that kind of kid and there was one event that he was being honored. It was a policeman's uh, golf outing and they would raise money and I don't know how it came to be. I, I, Joe and Cinnamon must have had some prior engagement to, to attend to or they were working and they wanted to honor Carter after the luncheon, after the golf event. And so, you know, there's a room full of, you know, big burly policemen and they've been out golfing all day and drinking. And I was really intimidated. I had to stand up and, and say a few words about Carter and about the Kettner family. And I was nervous. And, you know, even still, you can probably tell right now, even just talking about him, you know, I... I get affected by it emotionally. And so I'm like, keep it together, Michelle. You know, right. you can do this. This is it's okay. You got this. And so Carter was at the front of the room with me and I'm trying to keep my, it together the best I can to talk about him and how strong and amazing and wonderful he is. And he's tugging at my shirt and he goes, Auntie Michelle, I want to say something. And I'm thinking, look at this kid. He wants to speak to this, you know, room full <laughs> of people. I mean, there was hundreds of people there on the microphone and he goes, knock, knock. And they all of a sudden, it was there. And he goes, Ben. And they go, Ben who? Ben who? And he goes, bend over and kiss my coolie. To oh. A room full of <laughs> and it, so he was the brainchild for the name. So, <laughs> it was so funny. You know, and he I is the brainchild for the name. <laughs> keeping it together. I can hardly stop crying. And here he is just cracking jokes. You know, it was just, it was such a cool moment. Um, he's just an awesome kid. So that's one of the moments that sticks out in my head as one of the good things. You know, there's so many sad moments and bad moments, but that's really one of the the good moments that we had. 
Oh, I love that story. And yeah, Joe, right after you said that, I realized that horrible play on words, but great play on words at the same time. And I, I think that that moment was such a pivotal moment, you know, um, for just everything you, you deciding to get things together, name it. Um, the fact that he said that, yeah, I'm sure everybody in the room just died laughing. You know, they probably couldn't, I know I would have just not been able to hold it together. That is awesome and hilarious. Now, speaking of getting us getting to the foundation, you know, with you um, being involved, Michelle, and speaking on their behalf, and, and I'm sure just the way you are, especially you being in charge of the fundraising and everything now for the organization, you clearly have a given talent to organize and band people together. So I think that is a, an amazing leadership skill that I'm really trying to work on for myself. But when you decide, what was that moment, Joe or Michelle, either of you can chime in on this, that really made you feel like, you know what, we have a lot of help. We have a lot of people that love us. We're, we're fortunate to, I'm going to say balance financially as best as you were able. But in reading in, in Joe's story about there were so many families that weren't that lucky, and I can imagine that that is true every day. What was it that made you guys say, like, you know what? We want to give memories not only to Carter but, but to other, other families as well. Was, was the foundation something you came up with while Carter was still alive? Or was this something that you decided afterward? Mm. Yeah, and and I'd love to start, Michelle. Please add, um, but this this did start when Carter was still with us, and um, we were actually at Disney World, and um, we were at one of the uh, the resorts there, mm-hmm. and Carter had all of his abilities. He was feeling great. He was looking great. We had just learned at that point in his journey about eight months in that he had metastasis to the spine, so the tumor was spreading. So we knew that we were losing this boy from from walking. So he was okay. mostly wheelchair bound at that point with short short walks here and there. So really, really having a tough go, but still um, having a smile on his face and, and still with that that humor. And we were at the Magic Kingdom's uh, resort there, and there was a wishing fountain. Okay. Uh, Carter asked for a quarter and said he wanted to make a wish. I said, okay, here's your quarter. So he closed his eyes and kissed this quarter and threw it into the fountain. And then he was just smiling, and then he was nodding his head up and down. And I'm smiling at him, and, you know, I'm like videographer, photographer all day long with this kid. So I'm always watching him, and, and I see this look on him, and I said, what you wish for? And I didn't think he was going to tell me. And he said, Dad, I wished for everybody's dreams to come true. And that broke me like no tomorrow. That that this boy, again, is shoving everybody to the front of the line, and he's last, and he's good with it. And he could have wished for anything. He could have wished to meet Buzz Lightyear or Cinderella, you know. But he picked everybody else. And that was one of the defining moments where I said, God, I know you're going to take away my baby from me, but he wants more for other people, and I'm going to make sure that that happens. And I continued to keep notes and learn what families really, really needed Mm -hmm. as we were losing him. And then fast forward six months after we lost him, is when I approached 
people like Michelle and Brian and these key Carter crew people. And I said, here's my idea. Here's what I want to do. I can't do it alone. Who's in? And, you know, Michelle, Brian, others were like standing up before I even finished my sentence. I need to interject and I apologize. I wanted to just, uh, lift you up as a parent because what I'm hearing is how amazing Carter was and how giving he was and how he wanted everybody else to come first and he wanted to do great things. And I feel like he learned that it was, it was in him. It was, it was something in his nature, but he learned that you are telling me that while you are losing your child, you are taking notes about what other families need. And I feel like if there is any time for any family or any parent, I mean, I have four kids, so I can only imagine I, I you have other children, correct? Yes, two other okay. boys. Okay, two other boys. Okay, so, you know, you have to wake up in the morning for yourself, for your spouse, for those other kids. We know other people that have lost their only child and how do they wake up in the morning. But they do, and they keep going. And so I wanted to... Uh, Gosh, commend seems like a really awkward word right now. And I am like the queen of awkward, so I'm going to go with it. But you taught your child in five short years to put others first. You and your wife did that. And his life, like I said, that that continues. And not only did you teach him to put others first, you were an example of it without probably even thinking that you were being an example of it. And then I think about the other families that I know personally, like even Haley's family or her mom. You guys have been such an example in your organization. Uh, It's ironic and awful to me that, you know, Haley and Misty were involved in Cancer Kiss My Cooley before Haley was even diagnosed with her own um, brain tumor. But, But the path or the trail you blaze, I will say, for others to not only support your organization, support other families, but then to create maybe a foundation of their own to continue the legacies of those other children and to keep helping others is is such an amazing, awesome thing. You are creating partnerships through what Carter did because of what you taught him. So I just didn't know if you were aware of that. <laughs> it felt like something that was really weighing, weighing on my heart. So I just wanted to, um, you know, thank you for sharing that part of your journey, but really just wanted to bring attention to uh, the great parenting moments that you had in those short years. Thank you for that, Amy. I really appreciate that. You're we, welcome. We, we try hard and continue to, to try hard. And some families deservedly will lay down and, and hide and, and get in a ball. And right. then I get that. And mm-hmm. we had our moments. And we still have those moments. But, right. Um, yep, I am. My glass is always full. It's not half full. It has to be full. And um, that's the way that I will approach anything in my career or with the charity or with my family. Thank you. I love that. I love that. Um, we are going to take a break here. We will be back in just a moment with Joe Kettner and Michelle Domino, and we're going to talk about Cancer Kiss My Cooley, their upcoming events, and how you can help. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. 
The ECHO Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the ECHO Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the ECHO Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Raising the Bar. You are listening today with me, Amy Bredo, and our guests, Joe Kettner and Michelle Domino from Cancer Kiss My Cooley. And we left off with Joe telling us just some, some great information and stories about his great son, Carter, and just wanted to touch base more with Michelle. I would love to hear exactly what it is Cancer Kiss My Cooley does. So, Michelle, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So... When Joe uh, approached us with this opportunity, um, saying no just wasn't an option. Um, and if I ever get kicked off the board or <laughs> anything like that, I'll be extremely sad. Um, so, you know, the the fact of the matter is, is that there are, this is, it's rare, but it's not rare. There's so many kids in our own area who are being diagnosed with brain cancer and um, just Going through, you know, how we were able to help the Kettner family, there's so many more families that need our help. And, you know, I already mentioned the the moments in time that you remember. And through our um, Kiss of Hope program, which that is what we've we've designed to help the families, um, we want to create those moments for the families. So even if it's a weekend or a day or just anything that we can do to um, not make them forget you know, what's going on in their lives, but just distract them a little bit. Maybe it's something that they can't otherwise afford to buy, you know, we'll help them buy that. Um, and we've done so many different things. We throw a lot of parties, um, welcome home parties, birthday parties, Halloween parties, you name it. Even something like that for a family who has a sick child to get all their friends and family together and, you know, have some characters you know, Woody or a Buzz Lightyear or princesses show up um, is, is a moment for them that we can create and they can enjoy that with their child. They can have the photos and the videos and, and the memories. So what we do raise our money for and it's all volunteer, we, we do this in addition to full-time jobs and having families and other responsibilities as well. It is a ton of work, but it's so rewarding um, just trying to, to help these families in any way we can. Uh, sometimes we'll try to help them with financial assistance. But one thing that I like that, and I know Joe drove this more than anyone, is that our budget to help these families, a portion of it has to go to a memory-making experience. Um, 
you know, while we can do some financial assistance, you know, the, the memory making experience is, is the most important. And, you know, he saw that firsthand. So I think that's what makes us a little bit unique and, and what we do really special. I love Mm -hmm. that because it's so much heavy stuff, the whole entire process. And I know you guys sent Haley or made it possible for her to go visit her grandma in Florida, you know, and just to uh, do something like that, that's huge. And that is a memory to go spend time with a grandparent or a family member. Or I know you made it rain gumballs for Carter or you were, you know, had a huge hand in that. And when I watched that YouTube video, which I'll completely put the link up on the Raising the Bar page too, it's just... That's a lot of gumballs. I mean, there is a lot of gumballs. I was very excited about that video. Um, so I love, I love that you guys are creating memories and, yes, financial assistance. And then you talked about, you know, fundraising. And when you are able to provide those things, you know, how do you, how do, you do that? Do you hold fundraisers? Do you just do private donations? Either one yeah, of you. We, we've got um, yeah we've got a number number of avenues that okay. that help us meet our program needs and you know we um, regularly each year will host um, three to four major fundraisers a year um, and um, the first one um, that I'll let Michelle talk about is is our Kiss It Gala and it'll be our our fifth year we're super excited about it it's in the Chicagoland area in um, suburbs Streamwood and um, we all get together and we celebrate uh, for our biggest fundraising event of the year with all of our donors and some of our Kiss of Hope families uh, come to the event so our donors can see exactly where their dollar is going to. And um, it's a wonderful night out for some of these Kiss of Hope families to uh, enjoy either an adult evening or uh, bring their families with them, um, you know, on us to um, showcase and, and interact with our donors. How, uh, how does somebody or how does a family become a Kiss of Hope family? There's criteria um, okay. with, with, any, with, with any diagnosis and, and being a, a smaller charity. We're, we're not a na- national organization that has right. unlimited funds. Um, and um, we uh, need to set up some criteria in order to be able to to maximize the value of our dollar to the children who really need it. So what we did was we partnered with uh, Ann and Robert H. Lurie's uh, Hospital downtown in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we have uh, a strong partnership with the Brain Tumor Program there, and we receive our referrals directly through um, that, that program, and it's wonderful. We it receive generally um, 20 to 25 referrals a year from them. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but what I will tell you is those are 20 to 25 sickest children. I feel like it's a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I know there's, there's other big organizations that, that are able to do much more, but I I think it's important for your hearers to, uh, your listeners to know is, you know, we're not a wish-granting organization, right? Um, right? Basically, we are providing these memory-making moments, and that is the most important thing that a family can have, a hassle-free memory-making moment that they didn't ask for, but we presented it to them. So we remember that personally. You know, the Kettners remember these moments personally more right. than any hospital stay or any other, you know, um, check that we may have been delivered. Um, and, and 
that's that's why we do what we do on that small scale. We want to help the really, really sick children in Chicagoland, um, and we're able to do that thanks to thanks to Lurie's Hospital and, and our and our partnership with them. Um, I love so that. We Mem- do have those diagnoses. Oh, I, I apologize. Uh, I love that memory making moments. That's your brand. That's great. So, Cancer Kiss My Coolie delivers the memories, and I think uh, that's better than pizza, actually. And, you know, I think a lot of organizations don't, well, there's amazing, tremendous organizations, but that is one um, goal in particular that I feel like maybe I don't hear about very often. And, and I love that because I think truly over time, that really means the most is, is those mm-hmm. memories you can create in those in those times when you really, really need them. So, Michelle, tell us more about the gala, what we can expect, what kind of memories we can create for ourselves as well to kind of um, lift up these families. Sure. So when we were planning Cancer Kiss My Cooley and we were deciding, you know, what type of events would we hold and what things would we do to raise money to help these families, I believe it was me who blurted out, we should have a gala. And <laughs> I had no idea what that even was. In my mind, I was picturing um, uh, like a masquerade ball type of thing, but I immediately had to start Googling how do you plan a gala because I had no idea. And, of course, we have committees. So, I mean, it's not just a person planning these events. We do have a committee and a board um, who does all pitch in and, and helps plan these events. But we wanted it to be fancy, so it is formal attire, but it's not it's not uh, stuffy, you know, um, it's, it's fun. It's a ton of fun. We have a whole evening planned. There's a ton of unique raffles. So there's a diamond earring raffle and a wine raffle. So you can win fancy things um, while you're having a good time. We have a huge silent auction with a ton of great prizes, signed merchandise by athletes and celebrities. We have a ton of trips and wine baskets and pamper baskets. And then we'll do some larger raffle items, which are, you know, unique packages. So like an electronics package or a sports ticket uh, package with a couple of, of bigger, cooler trips. And like Joe mentioned, we try to incorporate the families into this event. So you will see some of the Kiss of Hope kids there that we've helped through the years. And it's important for our supporters to be able to get to meet them and see them and and meet the families and become friends with them. I think we've connected a lot of families, Kiss of Hope families who didn't know each other. And, you know, we've connected a lot of our supporters with these families. So it's just a really fun night. There is uh, past hors d'oeuvres, there's a nice plated dinner, and then we, we end the night um, with a speed painter who's super fun to watch. Uh, he will paint the Blackhawks logo, um, spoiler alert, I guess, um, <laughs> in a matter of minutes, and then auctions those off. And then uh, we end it with a live band, and this year we're really excited. We have a really popular band in the Chicago area, 7th Heaven, to end oh, our evening. Great. So it's just, it's a blast. We are growing every year. I'm having, you know, drama right now because we're, we're selling tickets faster than we've ever sold tickets. Our hotel block is selling out, and, you know, it's good It's good drama to have. That's, <laughs> but we, that is we've definitely great. grown this event. Yeah. And that's your first Definitely. event of the year? What Did you mention you had four events throughout the year? So I was just curious to hear a little bit about those, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we ha- – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. No, I, I was just going to say that um, since I am the race director for the 5K, I, I, could, I could gladly speak to the, our, our 5K run. 
Um, but I have to backtrack and just say that Michelle Domino is a wonderful, wonderful person because she does this gala every year. And she does it with a smile on her face. Well, I only see smiles. She might not be <laughs> smiling when I'm not looking at her. But, I secretly cry. Um, that's why we made her vice president this year. You know, she earned that title because of the value that she brings to organization. So I wanted to just publicly say thank you to her and um, oh, make sure you. that you know that you are such a valued asset. And Cinnamon and I are blessed to have you. That is so nice. I also do want to steal you and pick your brain for some great fundraising ideas. So that will probably happen as well. But anyway, fine. After the gala. <laughs> okay, I'll share her, but it has to be after March 5th. Yes, <laughs> after March Absolutely. 5th. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I'll just quickly mention our 5K because um, especially, you know, for your Chicagoland listeners, um, we do promote and have two events in, in the Huntley um, area, and, and that's where we are. We're a hometown charity in Huntley supporting Chicagoland. Huntley is um, a small suburb, uh, like 40 mile, 45 miles northwest of Chicago, and it's on the way to Rockford, if you know that way. And um, we have a wonderful 5K event, and what I think is really unique about our 5K is it's on Mother's Day every year. So we really try to tie in the family into our 5K. Uh, we do brand it as the Cooley Run, and it is uh, a 5K run and a, a superhero dash. So we do have, um, you know, a USAA track uh, certified race, and we're CARA certified. That's big to the Chicagoland runners, yes. and um, it's a big running club here in Chicago. And, um, you know, we make a family event out of a 5K. We have um, balloons made. We have a clown. We even have Clark the Bear, who's the mascot of the Chicago Cubs, come out. And um, we encourage all of our children to dress up as superheroes. And we do um, a pseudo 100-yard dash for these children and hand out awards and medals to them. And it's so cute to see them get all dressed up and, and run, typically in the cold rain mud, because that's the way it's been the last couple of years, um, and, and run in this superhero dash. Um, but great event. It's at the Huntley Park District. And, um, you know, it is uh, a great awareness and, and just a great family thing to do with your mom. You know, if you feel obligated to, um, you know, you, you obviously want to spend the time with, with your mother and on Mother's Day. And right. I think that this is, a um, you know, a unique and uh, uh, even, uh, you know, health-promoting way to bring mom out in the family and get everybody engaged to do a 5K in the morning and then go out for brunch and mimosas afterwards. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. I was wondering for a moment where you were going with the mom thing. I'm like, oh, wait. And then you said it was Mother's Day. I was like, oh, gosh. I didn't – I was <laughs> focused. I didn't miss it. <laughs> and that's great. And then do you – I think you might have mentioned, too, also you do a golf outing. Now, I am not a golfer, but I would love to wear the outfit and drive the cart. Is that acceptable for this kind of fundraising? Can I still <laughs> – I think so, right, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I could see you doing that. You're hired. <laughs> okay, I will. I'll just drive around and cheer mm -hmm. people up. <laughs> Tell jokes. <laughs> it sounds great. <laughs> is that one also in the Huntley area too, or is that located maybe in a, in a different location? It is in Huntley. Yeah, it is in Huntley. It's um, in Del Webb Sun City here in Huntley. It's a, a large retirement community. There's a golf course called Whisper Creek, and uh, it is uh, it'll be our inaugural event. And we do have another board member who is uh, leading up that event. 
uh, Maggie Klimek, and um, you can find out more information on our website, ckmc.org, and uh, you'll see some golf uh, outing information. You can even register now, so we're looking for sponsorships and, and donors for all of our events, especially gala right now, and uh, there's always opportunities uh, for you know throughout the year, and that golf event is in September. Okay, so for anybody that needs more information either on the gala, on the 5K that's on Mother's Day with Mom, or the um, September golf outing, they can go to ckmc.org. You got it. And they, okay, they can get registration information. They can get any information about your foundation and possibly um, information on donations, giving donations or sponsorships. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, just want to make sure I cover it. Anyone also can email... Uh, me as well at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com if for some reason they missed any of that. And then I will get that information to you as well. So in our last moments here, we have about four to five minutes. I would like to just kind of touch back to, again, the the families, anything that maybe sticks out that you would like to share. I think you are just doing an amazing job at um, – sharing Carter's legacy, showing uh, the value of friendship to many people that maybe didn't, that don't know. A lot of people think of organizations as big business and men in suits or, or board members. And maybe they don't realize that it's family, blood related or not, that are coming together for a great cause. So in our just last few minutes, if there's any other kind of message you would just like to leave people with, uh, you know, that can bring some hope to them or a smile to their face, that would be great. I'll just say one thing because I want Michelle to answer this, and I want to preface it by saying that um, we've granted over 45 Kisses of Hope, and we've raised over $200,000 since we started the program. And um, we as board members are all Kiss of Hope coordinators, and Michelle is a wonderful, wonderful Kiss of Hope coordinator, and I'd like to think that she learned from the best, me. But anyway, I would love for with all those compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for Michelle to. Um, I think you should talk about some of our kisses of hope, um, and you know, just show how personal and how tailored each memory really does um, get to be. We've got just a few minutes to wrap up, and I would love to hear about the one that sticks out the most to you. Well, you know, this is a this Kiss of Hope coordinator job is one of extreme highs and extreme lows, and we're frequently asked, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's difficult because, as Joe mentioned, the statistics are not on our side. So what drives me through this is, first, you know, Carter's vision and knowing that what we're doing is making Carter proud and, and, you know, it's what he would have wanted. So anytime the going gets rough, um, that is exactly what I think about and who I think about. And I think, you know, he never complained, so I'm not going to either. Um, but all of the families we help are special, every single one of them. Um, however, the kids that you personally design a kiss of hope for, are, are so much, you know, they're so much more special to the person who designs it. So, um, you know, we try to go big. We do way beyond what we think, you know, their wildest dreams would be. Um, so that's really what defines a kiss of hope in us as an organization is, is, is going very, very big for that child and for that family and try to knock their socks off. I think that is amazing. And just with our last few moments, I wanted to just thank the both of you again for just 
um, being real, being transparent, not uh, guarding yourselves as, as far as, you know, you really show how you feel and you show how you care. And I think that, again, fulfilling that legacy for Carter and um, the the amazing things and memories that you are creating for these other families just leaves so much to be said. And I feel a little um, at a loss for words about it. It's an emotional thing to talk about. I think the two of you are amazing. Your uh, Carter's crew is amazing. Um, please give my best to Cinnamon too, because I would have loved to have, have spoken with her to hear maybe some of her, her thoughts, but you guys are a blessing to so many. And I just am excited for this information to reach out far beyond, you know, Chicagoland. And I, I'm hoping um, to speak with you again in the future. I'm looking so so very forward to the gala i'm going to be super fancy i'm going to try to try to say that word correctly and um is there also dancing at the end of this when seventh heaven is playing that's super important oh, yeah. because you got to dance dancing. and i again wanted to thank you for your time you have been listening to raising the bar with me amy bredo and joe kettner and michelle domino from cancer kiss my coolie if you'd like more information on their foundation slash organization and the events that are coming up please look at ckmc.org and you can get all the information you need, look at fundraising opportunities, sponsorship opportunities, and please, please, please consider participating in these events. Again, it's a great to get your mom out on Mother's Day, eat and drink later, put on a sweatshirt, you can run through the rain. It'll be great. Um, but again, just thank you for creating so many memories for these kids, these families, and I appreciate your time. And I'm just overjoyed and grateful. And thank you for being a part of Raising the Bar. I hope you guys have a great afternoon and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.